With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The story is my truth. The story is my only happiness. I believe the story. I praise the story. story. Our bodies are already dead. The story must be told. Hi, and welcome to The Story Must Be Told. I'm Brother Reed. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Sister Callista. We share stories every week. Stories of our congregation, of life, of punishment, of (laughs) insanity. We are now your family, and your family is now nothing. Our bodies are already dead. I, I have to say it again. The story takes all, breaks all, and then raises us like puppies eager for the story's milky treat. Raise us like a pup, raise us to be old, eager for thy milk, the story must be told, the story must be told, the story must be told. The story must be told every Tuesday on the last podcast network. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful people. Welcome to another episode of The Brighter Side. Yes. Yes, it is The Brighter Side. This is Amber Nelson coming to you live from Los Angeles and our little bitty itty titty studio place. I'm having a great time. It is a little rainy in Los Angeles, which is kind of a bummer because that's literally all we have over the East Coast is the weather. That's it. I mean, New York's got all the culture and the music and the fun people. And, you know, we have palm trees and sunshine. And now we can't even hold that over their head. But here we are. But also everybody gets tired about complaining about the weather because, you know, there's other things going on in the world. Um, Yeah, this is great. We're doing another Brightest Side Diaries episode. Um, And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about, um, I guess, what's going on in my life now (laughs) that we last left off. I think the last brighter like diaries episode, I was on a park bench and I was homeless. So, uh we're doing a little bit better. <laughs> we're doing a lot better actually. I have a house. 
It is wonderful. My roommates are delightful. I wake up to orange trees every day and sunshine. And there's an old bluesy woman dog. And she comes and sits by my feet. Oh, she's so nice. I love it. I do love cracking open a cold one and just like staring off into nothing with a dog by my feet. Nothing is more beautiful than that. I mean, you don't need internet. You don't need nothing. You don't even need a beer. I mean, a beer is the best. But a beer and a dog? Mm-mm-mm. I sound like an old Tennessee Hills woman. I just need a beer and a dog. Give me a beer and a dog. <laughs> mm. I am sipping on a little whiskey right now. So, oh man, it was uh, Valentine's Day the other day. And um, I hope you had a wonderful time. It's a lovely day for lovers. Lovely day for lovers. Uh, me and my dog, we had a great time. I did not have sex with a dog. I just had a couple glasses of white wine. And she's a woman dog, so that'd be grosser. Um, grosser than having sex with a man dog. I guess I had to finger her. Finger her in her old pussy. Yeah, she likes it. But uh, I was fine. I'm, I was having a great time. And as you know, I left... Um, I left my ex, you know, we, um, he's a good guy, but we were together, what, eight years? That's like eight years, that is like two tours in Iraq, right there, eight years, that's a long time, you know? And human beings, we, um, we sort of change every seven years, even our taste buds change. Like I made a pimento cheese sandwiches the other day, and I haven't had pimento cheese since I was a little baby, little baby baby, we won. And I hated it. It's just too much mayonnaise and shit in it. And um, I used to house these sandwiches down. So your body changes. Your taste buds change. He's a good guy, but we just didn't... Um, sexually, I, I don't think we liked each other's smells. Which is a thing. I mean, your hormones have to match up. Sex is more than just sex, right? That's why I feel so bad for people that have never had sex before marriage. And then they get married and they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> This isn't working out. I mean, sometimes it does work out, and God bless you, and what a wonderful life, but, I mean, he just didn't like my smell. And um, I would uh, go and masturbate in the bathroom. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Isn't that great? And then I turned 35, and I always thought I was too old to, like, do anything and to love my life anymore, but something about turning 35, you, like, get this rejuvenation of, like, I'm, I'm here again, I'm, I, I love myself. Because I never thought anybody else would love me. And then one day I woke up and I was like, no, I love myself. I'm going. And so I was out and I didn't uh, sleep around, really, when I was, um, I mean, I think maybe a couple, but just to kind of get over him. But I didn't like date, sleep around. I didn't really have a lot of fun because I wanted to get the house first. You know, I wanted to have a place to sleep. I didn't want to be like crying in bed, you know, and just be like, thank you for loving me. <laughs> and he just like kills his boner immediately. I wanted to stay, you know, and I and I, I also even like stayed with women. I didn't want to stay with men. Men offered me to stay on the couch, but I'm just I didn't want to use men like that and I didn't I didn't want to feel like, oh, I'm asleep for six hours on your couch. <laughs> um just being completely knocked out. I, I don't know if I trust that. And granted, I have good male friends, and I'm sure they wouldn't, but you never know. You never know with these things. So women, God bless them. They've fed me. They housed me. They pulled me through it. They talked to me. They gave me wine. I love women. Mm. I'll drink to that. So I'll talk to you about some of the people I've been with so far. I deleted my um, 
my all my dating apps recently. By the way, we'll cut to the end of the chase. I deleted all of them um, because there was this guy who messaged me, hey, you want to go out? Yes, we're going to go out. And I messaged, hey, I'm sorry, my friend died. I can't make the date tonight. I have a wake. I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry about that. And an hour later, he messaged, so tomorrow night? And I'm like, I'm at work, and I'm barely keeping my shit together because he's a good friend. And, um... And then he wrote, and I, I, I didn't, I just said, I, I told you one of my good friends died. And he said, you just said a friend. You didn't say your good friend. And he said, that's okay. At least I have this. And he showed me nudes of another woman. It's just some strange woman he showed me. And I was like, that's not me. And he's like, some dark spots, but it's you. Uh, you're a bad actor or something. And I said, I, wow, I'm so happy I got to know your personality before I met you. Uh... You shouldn't be sharing other people's private photos around. It's very rude. Be blessed. And they call me a bad actor. So, I mean, I'm really dodged a cannonball there. And he is probably a murderer. But good news is where I work, there is a private detective that comes to the bar. And sometimes, you know, I'll get him a beer or two because his stories are cool. And he said, give me his name and his number. I'll look him up. So tune in next time to see if this bad boy was a killer (laughs) or what his fucking deal is. It's always good to have a private detective on your side. You know what I mean? Also, side note, I was talking to the detective about uh, uh, New Orleans going to Mardi Gras, and he said that he goes down to Mardi Gras because that's where all the killers go. (laughs) They want to, like, get out and hoorah and have a good time, and they want to, like, catch the beads, have some drinks... And then so they know, like, they, they know the faces of these men. It's usually men. And they, they're on the, they get on a float. And they, you know, they don't jump off the float like it's a movie style. Tom Cruise, just like, get him, blah, blah. They just, like, call, you know, their buddies and the cops. Just like, oh, this Steve is on, you know, French Quarter right by Row Antiques or whatever. Like, go get him. And uh, so there, there we go. Maybe I shouldn't have admitted that on radio because I want these killers to be caught. <laughs> Man, I've dated, a, I went, you know, I, I put myself in a couple bad situations. You know, when you're like hungry for dick, when it's been eight years and you want some dick, you know what I mean? And your, your whole body can feel it. I just, I went to uh, one guy's house and uh, just went to his house, didn't meet up with him before and slept with him. He had a nice penis, a little too aggressive with it. And then um, we just did it on the couch. And then he was like, you can't go in my bedroom. Just he said that out of nowhere, like when I was going to the bathroom. And I was like, well, I wasn't gonna, but I mean, I'll peek into it now. (laughs) And it was uh, trash. It was just where he threw all of his like cigarette coasters, beer can it was just like a mound I mean his living room and his kitchen were spotless clean and then you look in his bathroom in his bedroom and it was a show of horrors I slept with him again you know what he was nice and he had a nice penis and he was actually a nice guy I think he just like it's kind of like a purse you know when as a lady when you have a big enough purse you're going to want to throw more shit into it you know when you're like this is my shit purse um, whereas if you have a small purse, you only take care of the things that you need, then that's that. But if you have like a big old bag, I guarantee you there's receipts, there's a hammer, Mary Poppins bag of horrors. Well, it is funny. 
he was like, don't go in there. And I saw, you know, it's, it's okay to lie sometimes, I guess. I mean, one time I lied on my resume, all of it lies. And then I got the job. So that's why I'm starting my children's book called It's Okay to Lie Sometimes. Mm. Maybe that didn't make any sense. Maybe that wasn't a through line. I don't fucking know. Next guy is with, I got him on this um, website called Pure, and it was like purely for sex. Um, I, he, I met up with him for a drink. I'm smarter this time. He was nice. He was a musician. And um, he comes back to my place, and you know what? He's got a real tiny dick. It's like really tiny. It felt like one sock in a washing machine. You know what I mean? Just rambling on full. <laughs> oh, but I did it. And it was, you know, I, I I think I'd rather sleep with a guy with a tiny dick. He made my bed afterwards. He was so nice. You know? I've been with guys with big dicks, and they're always mean. They're so mean. They're rude. They don't hold the door open. They're nasty. Because they got a big dick. Who cares? They don't have to shower. Fuck that. I was with a guy with a small dick. You know what he said to me? I love you. Okay? <laughs> he made my bed. It was so nice. But he had a very tiny dick. In fact, he messaged me later to hang out. And I said no, because I'm kind of on that, like, you know, I'm currently I'm on that sort of no sex right now path. I feel like I've just done it too much. I just need me time. Um, and then he's like, that's okay. He understood. And then he texted me a picture of, like, him and some dog. Like, some tiny dog that he was hugging. And I was like, oh, what tiny dick energy. It's nice. He's very nice. He's very nice. And then I slept with this other guy. I'm going to sound like a whore at the end of this episode. Oh, my God. I've just been on, like, a dick capade. Just get on that bus and just driving it to hell. And I got to. I got to go see what's out there. And you know what? I thought, like, because I haven't dated. Last I was dating, there was no um, internet apps. You just go to a bar and you meet somebody. And now everybody's on the apps. I'm, I'm literally at a bar and people are on Tinder. And I'm like, look up. <laughs> look up, dude. What are you doing? It's actually more dangerous to be on Tinder because, you know, when you meet somebody, you can see, like, their expressions, who they are, their energy. And if they're fucking crazy, then you just get out of there, lie about your number, I don't, whatever you have to do just to get out. And some people are like, why would you lie and give them your number? Or why would you lie about your phone number? Well, some dudes are fucking crazy and you just have to be like, well, here's, you know, one number off of my actual phone number because if I tell you no which is what has actually happened to me many times in the past. Uh, in fact, one time about a month ago, I told him no, and he's like, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde my ass. I thought he was going to hit me. All right. So the next guy I slept with, I go over to his house. I don't even meet him up before him. I'm just like hungry. And uh, he's got the biggest dick I've ever seen, right? And uh, he was pretty good. He was okay in bed. He was too big to enjoy myself, honestly. I felt like I was like, swallowing too big of a sushi piece you know what I mean and you can't chew like when you go get the sushi and they cut the pieces too big you know and you can't like chew like when you chew it you got to put your hand over your mouth you're not even enjoying it it was like that and then we finished and then he said oh you're from the south uh did you vote for Trump and I was like no and then he showed me his uh make America great again hat he showed it to me 
He was a full-blown, uh, full-blown dude. And he wasn't just a Trump supporter because some of my family's Trump supporters and they're just like Southerners and they, it's just what they're going to vote for. Uh, but he, in fact, said, uh, oh, I'm alt-right. And I was like, what? And I looked at his bookshelf and it was all like Aunt Coulter books, uh, <laughs> a lot of like anti-Hillary books. And then we get in a whole, we get into a whole thing and then I kind of realized like, oh, I got to get out of here. And I just put my clothes on and I left. Isn't that fun? Again, that's why I'm deleting all the apps. <laughs> why I'm deleting everything I've ever had. I just, it's too much. The world is so scary. I didn't know. I mean, I was with a very good man, but I'm very sexually hungry. And boy, oh boy, is there some sharks in this water. As soon as you dip your toe into it. Mm. He even said, I don't like telling people that I'm all right until after I've slept with him. Because he said that they don't want to sleep with me. And I was like, well, shouldn't that be a fucking sign? And then he's like, whoa, whoa, cursing. And I just, you know, put my bra on. And I got out of there and he's like, you're really sexy. I want to hang out sometime. And um, you know what? Fuck that guy. (laughs) Oh, man. A lot of guys are like that. They like, it's why I don't want, I don't want to watch the fire documentary, you know? Because like, I feel like these men would rather con you than do an honest day's work and even negative attention is still good attention in their eyes don't watch the fucking documentary I don't want anybody to feel sad for me here it's okay it's okay well you know what okay I'll be honest about that guy about the Trump guy he just said he was a Trump supporter and I was like well a lot of my family is and then the second time I went and I sat on his face okay because I haven't been eating out in eight years and I was with him a third time I blew him and then I was like, huh, me? And he said, no. And I was like, what do you mean, no? And he's like, I don't consider sex a transaction. And uh, that's when I realized, oh, you don't care about women getting off because you're fucking. And then he started telling me about, like, the books he reads. That's when I, my timeline's all getting off. I didn't know if I should have admitted that to you. But I slept with him again. And he didn't want to get me off. Because he doesn't give a fuck if a woman gets off. It's all about him. Because he's a little fucking pansy piece of shit. Man, what a piece of shit. Didn't even want to see me. Who doesn't want to see a woman come? Who doesn't want to see the most beautiful thing in the world? It's like a flower blossoming in the rain. Everyone loves it. He didn't want to see it. He didn't care. I've been used. I've been had. Again, all the dating sites are gone. I'm celibate right now. And then, next one, I call him Squirt Boy. (laughs) I met up with him and we were on a date and he said, uh, again, again, okay, eight years. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm in the bathroom masturbating, okay? I'm, I can't, I am not sexually satisfied and I don't mean to call bad things about my ex. He's great. It just wasn't, we, the smells, I don't, it just wasn't working out. Squirt boy, he, um, he, we were on a date and he kept talking about, he's 40 years old. And he kept talking about um, making this college girl uh, squirt. He can make her squirt come. And I was like, why are you telling me this, man? And he's like, now you're making me feel bad for telling you. And I was like, well, yeah, you kind of should. And he's like, well, I was driving from Arizona. I needed to tell somebody. And then I felt like, oh, we have a connection because he's like a friend type. So I blew him. And then he didn't want to have sex with me because I was on my period. 
And he's like, oh, that's all disgusting. He acted like I was just like a disgusting woman. Oh, man. (laughs) He works in sound engineering. I think he's the third person in sound engineering I was with. Again, I don't want people feeling sorry for me. I can't believe I slept with that fucking guy a few times. And the, 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 the thing that made me say no was when he didn't want to get me off. I'm telling you, these Trump guys, they don't want to see a woman get off. They don't give a fuck about women. Maybe not all Trump guys, but this fucking guy did. All right. And I'm sure some dudes are listening to this like, nice, he got his, and fuck you, bitch. Well, you know what? You're right. (laughs) Oh, man. I just don't know. And then the next guy. (laughs) I didn't sleep with this guy. But he, um, he ordered chicken tenders on our date. And he said that's all he eats. And I felt like a pedophile. Chicky wants the chicky tendies. I'll get the chicky tendies. And I'll put a dip in honey mustard. You suck on my pee-pee. You suck on my pee-pee later. <laughs> get the honey mustard. The honey mustard dippy on the pee-pees. Oh, man. I don't want people feeling bad for me. Do I feel bad for myself? How long? I haven't even recorded my... I don't know how long I've been going. I mean, feel free to hate me. I just... I don't know. I am celibate right now. I'm focusing on my shit. Um, I'm doing a bunch of shows. That's good. I'm writing a bunch more. That's fucking great. I did go on a date with a guy maybe two months ago. And uh, we didn't drink... I didn't smoke, nothing. I just had a great conversation, twice. No sexual, no kissing even. And then he ghosted me, and then I texted him later, like, you know, I don't know what happened, but happy Thanksgiving. And then he was like, oh, um, I'm, you know, working on the show, fighting the good fight. And I was like, okay, whatever. I just never messaged him again. And then I did a shoot on Valentine's Day. He's the head writer of that fucking show. Isn't that funny? But he did say he wants to speak to me again. And I'm just kind of like, okay, I don't care. (laughs) I'm not here for that. Man, oh man. Now I feel all like weird about admitting this. I think I've always been like very like not admitting who I sleep with or sex of any kind. I think because I was always ashamed of it. You know, in the South, you just, that's the kind of thing you do. Doors closed behind the, you know, away from people. You don't talk about that in church company. Well, and then like, you know, when I started stand up, it was a lot of like, I had some raunchy stuff, but then, you know, you quite kind of quickly learn like raunchy stuff. I mean, just doing it for the sake of being raunchy is never interesting. You know, you got to talk about yourself. But, you know, I did, I think I hit the low point when I just like fucked all these dudes Definitely that guy with his fucking Ann Coulter books. When and when he didn't want to return the favor. I think that was a low point. And that's when I was like, you know what? No more sex. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm sorry. I had sex one more time after that. <laughs> I met this guy at a bar by my house. We go back to my place. And we go all night. And he's great. And he's very nice. And it was exactly what I needed. It was, in fact, right after that stupid fucker that wouldn't return the favor. We go all night. It was fucking great. He's younger than I am. He's like 28. 
It was, and he didn't mind that I was 35. Usually every man I tell them I'm 35, they look at me like I just said I have leprosy. And he was fine with it. He like thought it was pretty hot. Maybe I'm MILF territory, but I'm not a fucking mom. And I also don't really consider that a compliment, being called a MILF. Oh, yeah, 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 people. You know what? I made my own decisions. I made my own thing. It's life. It's life. And it's living. You know? Some of these men, they don't want to turn the favor. Some of them do. You got to find the man that does. <laughs> you know, the man that does, we still uh, chat and we're supposed to meet up soon. Maybe. I actually did deny it going out with him again because I was like, no, I need to like stay in and work. And I'm glad I did because I wrote some stuff. Oh my God. Well, I hope everybody hasn't turned off the show by now. Everything's great. Life is wonderful. I'm actually doing a lot more stand-up, doing a lot more shows, writing more, filmed a thing the other day, like I told you, filming something else next week. We're doing great. Life is wonderful. Keep it up. I'm learning from my mistakes, okay? Now I know. Don't go over to their house and have sex with them uh, immediately. Uh, meet them first. Um, maybe dick on the brain, you know, big dick on the brain. Maybe that's a, you can lead to bad decisions, you know, and now you're feeling all hungry and stupid and you fucked with a guy you hated. So we've all fucked someone that we were ashamed of fucking. Every single person here is ashamed. I know some men that have fucked a girl with worms in her pussy. I know it. And they've told me. But it's okay, everybody. We're all doing it. We're all going to succeed. Oh, man. I'm going to go take a shower. All right, everybody. I love you. And I hope you're great. Thank you. Hey, y'all. What's going on? Ed Larson here. Brighter Side Diaries. Uh, Amber's doing one of these and I'm going to do one of these. And, uh, before when we've done this in the past, we kind of, Amber would do it and then I would respond to hers. But, uh, since we're kind of doing it at the same time and different locations, uh, I'm just going to speak my piece and she will speak her piece or probably she'll go first in the actual edit because she's a lady and that's how things should work. Uh, so if this is the Brighter Side Diaries, and if it is a diary entry, I guess you have to talk about what's on your mind. And I know y'all are probably sick of it, and it's the only thing we've been talking about, and you know what's going on, but I figured I'd use this as an opportunity to tell you what's been up since uh, the last time we talked about our dear friend Bird Luger, Kevin Barnett. Uh I just wanted to, I think that it is best to talk through these things. Uh, I don't think that you should not try not to think about it. Try not to, you know, be social about it. Uh, don't look at it as something that you don't want to bring up because your fear of making someone sad. I would say that the thought of Kevin, uh, yeah, it may actually, you know, bring up, signs of grief uh when you talk about it but at the same time if he were to be forgotten that would be way more sadder than if i talked about him every day for the rest of my life so i will talk about him one more time on this show uh and that is what my diary entry will be about uh, so i wanted to let you guys know since the last time we had that great 
episode of Brighter Side. I really, truly loved it. It helped me so much with Nick Turner and and Brooks Whelan and Henry and Jackie and Amber, and it really just kind of made my heart swell. And I needed it because uh, I knew that I was going to be doing a lot of it. And it was the kind of the first, I don't know, in a weird way, a test run of you know, how I was going to be feeling about this whole thing. And after that, I did an episode with Jeff. A lot of that was based on Kevin and that, uh, that, that felt really good. And right when I left Jeff's house that night, I went straight to uh, a memorial that we had for him at the kibitz room. Now at this point, this was the third Kevin memorial. Uh, they had the two great shows in New York city. Uh, the Lucas brothers hosted those at the bell house, uh, that was interesting. They didn't just throw up a show. Basically, the Lucas brothers had an hour at the Bell House three days after Kevin died. And they decide that it'd be better to do an honor show about uh, him with uh, all their friends. And it was a really cool move. I was so sad I couldn't be there. Holden, Marcus, and Ben represented the network really well. Uh, Hannibal was there, and Che was there, and Nimesh, and... Mookie flew out for it, and Mookie did his famous, Mookie is back in Brooklyn chant. And it was uh, beautiful because if you really break it down, why is Mookie back in Brooklyn? To to honor the person who uh, made that story so fucking funny. Uh, At the Kibitz Room, though, which is a bar attached to Cantor's Deli, now, whenever a, the Jew in me wants to be even more Jewish when people pass away, and it's just how I am. I can't help it. And uh, and so I, so I suggested because his college buddies and high school buddies wanted to do a memorial for him out in L.A. for everyone who couldn't go to the show in New York. And I suggested that we do it at the kibitz room. It's usually kind of empty and they have microphone hookup and we could play a video and all that stuff. And so we worked together, the great dudes. Uh, I knew him before, like I met him once or twice, but through this process, it's so bizarre. I feel like I've gained like eight new great friends and they're all so cool. Shout out to Tyler and Jeremy and Jones and Zach and Zach and Mark and fucking the rest of you guys. Y'all know who you are. You're all so great uh if you're even listening but uh so we did the kibitz room and that was super sweet we had a big uh chain going of pictures and we uploaded a bunch of pictures to a we did a slideshow and i remember they sent me the slideshow and it had uh, uh i'm sure they were going to change this without me but it had like the itunes sad music on it and it was like oh no 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 this can't be so we had we just played hardcore hip hop the whole time, and there was a jukebox there, and I just put in ten bucks, and I was just like all '90s booty music because Kevin loved butts, you know. So a little bit of sprinkled R. Kelly, and you know, just just anything that was the most inappropriate thing I could think of for a memorial was the music that was played, and uh, so at the last minute, they hit me up and they're like, "Hey, would you mind hosting this thing?" And I kind of saw it coming, but I didn't want to do it. And But, you know, what am I going to say? No, I mean, none of these guys are comics, but I'm looking out in the audience, the audience. I'm looking at the people there for the memorial, and it's all just great comedians. It's all people who are just 
unbelievable at the craft. Uh, you know, it's Jermaine and Josh, the Lucas brothers, James Domian, uh, Mike Lawrence, Nate Fernold, Beth Stelling, uh, Ray Sani. It's all people. Who, I'm not a stand up. You know, I do these shows and, you know, we, we do the brighter side and stuff. And I do comedy with Murder Fist and all that stuff. But I'm not a stand up comedian. You know, you might, I might hit the stage from time to time, but I don't have what you would call uh, material. And so, you know, it's kind of odd for me to, you know, host this show, but. That was my opening line. I got up there and I was just like, yeah, you know, looking around this room, I do realize that I am the worst comedian here. And that is what Kevin deserves. Because <laughs> Kevin loved bombing. He loved, you know, he loved when people went, people trying really hard on stage and just getting nothing from the audience. It was his, you know, it was probably his favorite thing in life. And everyone was talking about that. And we had a lot of people come up and speak at that event. And it was gorgeous. And we had some of the um, the food go towards uh, the Kibitz room. And Cantor's were so nice. They said all the food we bought, 25% would go to Kevin's family. And we were able to send that to them. And that was super fucking cool. And it was a very nice, classy move for uh a bunch of people who just didn't even know us. I mean, I, I go there. I love that place, but you know, they don't know who we are. And you know, it, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, the mere fact that uh, the owner of Cantor's deli had died the day after Kevin. And so I think they all had uh, had a little extra heart in their hearts that week for uh, stuff that was going on. And it was a beautiful time. And Jermaine and Josh spoke and, uh, they they wanted they told us uh, Jermaine told this great story about uh, a text chain that he had with Kevin. And here, let me pull up my because Kevin he loved texting with his friends. As busy as he was, that dude just always hit everybody up. It was so crazy. I, it's like how do you keep in touch with everybody? Yet you know, like you don't you you're, you're but you're so busy, you know? And so he sent me uh, this, uh, this text that was just so fucking funny. And, uh, basically it was, uh, yo bro, you at the, uh, you at the comedy store, you trying to see roast battle. I was like, nah, I'm chilling. I'm back at home. Breaks my heart that I actually didn't hang out with him. He's like, all good. I'll see you later. And, uh, and then later on I was like, yo bro, you got to get down here. We're in the comedians bar at the comedy store. And, they put on R. Kelly, I believe, I believe You Can Fly, and everyone screams singing that shit. And he'll never be stopped. <laughs> and he sent that to me and Jermaine and a couple other guys. And uh, it's, it's so ridiculous, you know, because it seems like he might never be stopped. Kevin was right. And uh, it just he loved the fact that people could still, like, real, you know, still have fun. You know, no matter how awful that, you know, it could be. And uh, Jermaine told that story. And then the person who went up after Jermaine was like, I think this is the moment that we all realized that Kevin wasn't just texting us. Because <laughs> all of us had like the same text on our phone, which is fucking super sweet. And, uh, you know, and then after the Kivitz room, uh, after that memorial, we kind of just, you know, we chilled out and zenned out for a week and kind of waited to find out what was happening uh, with the Flor with Florida and uh, going to Florida for the actual funeral. Uh, 
And we got word of the time. And so I booked my ticket last minute. Freaking layovers. I hate the airport. Whatever. Not my biggest problem at the moment. And uh, I went to Florida. And me and Kevin grew up like two towns from each other. We didn't know each other back then. Because uh, I'm actually way older than him. I'm like six years older than him. But uh, we grew up uh, down in South Florida. He was in West Palm and I was in Boca. And so I used this. Uh, I went and saw my state of my friend Tucci's house. She's a wonderful human being with the loudest laugh, louder than mine. It's pretty pretty impressive. And um, I got a lot of godchildren down there and stuff like that. So I went and saw my old best friend, Corey, Dana, and... Uh, his boy Pierce, and it was beautiful. You know, I got to see my godson, my nephew, and spent some good quality time with him. And straight from there, I went to Kevin's Wake, which was, whew, man. You know, I've been to a wake before, but it's different when it's, you know, someone younger than you, even like, I was going to say my own age, but like younger than you. And somebody... Because I've also done that, to be honest with you. When I was a kid, I had a friend who got shot, and I had another friend who I had a couple of friends who died of drug overdoses, and I had another friend who got the wrong anesthesia when he went in to get sur uh, routine surgery. And so this is, uh, but none of this has happened to me since high school. Uh, I would say since I was seventeen. All those incidents. Oh, one of them was when I was twenty. I'm thinking about it, but uh, you know, it's been a long time. I'm 37 now i think yeah i'm 37 and so you know it's been forever and kevin was 32 and more successful than any of us he had two network tv shows he worked on a couple others he worked on broad city he worked on you know all these other shows and you know so the wake i got there when i was trying to get there late because i knew florida traffic was gonna be a nightmare but some reason there was no traffic and i got there right on time and so I was the first comedian there. I saw Dan St. Germain there. And both of us looked like we were going to uh, the funeral of uh, 38 Special <laughs> instead of uh, the funeral of Kevin Barnett. But uh, <clears throat> just sitting there, two huge bearded dudes in suits trying to like cr not to cry. It's, it was really like, it was like, which, one's of, which one of the sons of anarchy passed away? You know, who's... <laughs> but... Um, so we're at the wake. His family's there. I never really met him before, and but they're there, and there's a couple random people, and it's starting to trickle in, and it was, and by the end of it, it became you know, very full. Uh, lots of comics, uh, people from all over the country. Uh, I, I, you know, Lana Glazer came down, and Lil Rel was there, and you know, everyone was just a mess. You know, it's such so hard to see. It's you know because you got to walk up. You got to get next to the body and you got to make your peace with it. And Kevin loved God. He truly did. It was one of the few things that me and him did not ever, ever agree on. Because, I mean, I don't know if you guys have listened to this show before, but I'm not a big fan of the G.O.D. I, uh, I can't stand it, uh, the whole thing. It makes me sick. I grew up in Catholic school and... It's just a nightmare for me, you know, the memories it brings up and, you know, the way I saw them, like, just like, you know, conning people into money and, you know, but this ain't about my 
bullshit saying about my gripes with life and you know people <clears throat> who take from other people this is about you know my very close friend who had passed away and kevin loved god and so when i was standing next to him i uh i said hey, i talked to him for a second i don't remember exactly what i said to him but i said just for you i'll do this and i said a hail mary for him i sign of the cross you know and i i I did the last time I had actually said a prayer was when my mom died. And the time before that was when I thought there might be a chance that there's a God. And I think I was 12 at that point. So it's, I don't, you know, but the words stick with you because you hear them all the time. And, you know, I, Christ, I had to learn them, you know, and you get tested on it and get, you know, good grades if I can learn the Hail Mary or not. And so I, I remember afterwards, I remember looking up, there was a cross behind him, and I just remember looking at it, just be like, if there is a God, if you do exist, and you don't take Kevin to heaven, I will find a way to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so I threatened God to take Kevin, even though Kevin's definitely going. I probably heard his chances, to be honest with you, like, why are you friends with such a monster? But doesn't matter and so after that we all went out to dinner tony romas we got some ribs well miles was nice enough to share his big plate of ribs with us and uh you know it was you know cool because i'm hanging out with all of kevin's old boys and it was just a collection of people who loved kevin uh and wanted to uh share a couple drinks in honor of him and then the next day was the funeral, and a lot more people came in town. You know, a lot of people who grew up with him, uh, uh, a lot of his uh, high school buddies, uh, Ben and Henry and Marcus came in at that point, and you know they had a uh, brought you know significant others with them, and it was you know it was it was hard, and we're we're sitting up there and with uh, Josh Rabinowitz. Uh, Kevin's longtime writing partner and like brother, you know, I'm hanging with him a lot and his uh, fiance and they, they have us sitting up close and, you know, the funeral starts and Kevin's family is so brilliant and talented. I'd, I'd never seen anything like it. His brother, Corey played this beautiful song on the, on the piano while, uh, this saxophone player that Kevin knew and grew up with. I wish I remembered his name, but he used to play with Prince, played a company with him. And then his uncle had the most beautiful, deep voice, singing voice I'd ever heard. And it's just sang these beautiful, powerful songs. They were just booming with sound. And, and then he had family members come and speak and they were all doctors and lawyers and, PhDs and different things that weren't medicine and you know just everyone and they all they all came from Jamaica and they're very conservative and his father took the took the um podium and he made this beautiful hilarious speech and and then uh, we start doing the and it's you know this is over they close the casket and then when they close the casket that was like that was a real fucked up moment you know he you you saw it you know you saw it end you know you saw you don't see him anymore and you and they and they seal it shut and then they load the the pallbearers come and Josh and Jermaine were two of the pallbearers and 
they load them in and we start the uh, procession to the to the graveyard to the cemetery and it was the longest procession I think I've ever seen in my whole life we shut down West Palm to get across town it was we had five cop cars working with us it was insane I'd never seen anything like it and Jordan Temple was there and my buddy Kellen from Murder Fist drove me and the three of us went and we listened to uh, some music, Kevin Love, Vince Staples. And and I noticed a, a good, a funny thing on the way was uh, the just for, I don't even know why, but the uh, flag at Chick-fil-A was at half mast and I was laughing my ass off. I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. And, uh, and so we get to the, the cemetery and it's tough you know it's it's you know the family's close and there's the uh you know there's the casket above a hole and they lower it in and we each went and grabbed a flower walked by put a flower on top and we left and they uh they filled it up and I'm looking around and I see, you know, the, the funniest people I've ever seen that I know, the funniest people I know. I mean, all of our last podcast people, you know, Eric Andre, Michelle Wolf, you know, Rel, Brooks Whelan, and everyone's just, Jermaine, everyone's just crying so hard. And you just never like, it was the sad clown thing, you know, come to fucking life. And we were all just like telling each other how much we love each other. And it was just, it was a mess. All of our suits had snots on them. You know, we were crying so hard, man. We were like fucking boogers shooting at our butts. We were crying so hard, man. It was tough. It was insane. And then we get to the recession, which is at a golf club. And it was very, that was nice. There was the good spread of food, some jerk chicken, some meat pies. I love that shit. Thank God I got to eat some while I was down in Florida where they do it for real. And then uh, we, they, they start, you know, we eat, we're hanging out. A lot of people starts clearing out and they start, you know, talking again. And uh, Kevin's uncle is leading it again. And he's super cool. And, you know, Josh goes up and he tells this great story about how Kevin proved that he was just stronger than Josh and, you know, and, and Rel went up and, you know, but there wasn't anyone from, you know, our network had gone up and talked and no one from the round table. And I wanted to make sure like, you know, they knew about us and they knew about, you know, our relationship to Kevin. And, you know, I'd just gotten drunk enough to get up there and talk to everybody. And so I get up to the, to the mic and, you know, I start telling everyone that, you know, because Kevin talked about his family on the show uh, one time and they did not, they were not happy about it on Roundtable. And, you know, but he, I explained to them that he wasn't doing that to make fun of them. He was talking about them because, you know, when we turned the mics on at Roundtable, we didn't know the mics were on. <coughs> it was just us trying to laugh and make fun and have fun with each other. And that's all it was. It was nothing more. It was nothing less than that. And the reason that he was talking about his family is because Kevin loved talking about his family. And it just came out. And I don't even remember what the story was. It probably wasn't even that bad, to be honest with you. But 
you know, I just wanted to let them know that the only reason that Kevin did talk about them is because he loved talking about the people he loved and he loved them so much. And there were so many of them. And I wanted to, you know, share a moment of that. And all you listeners out there, you've been doing such a cool, nice thing. And you've been sending me uh, clips uh, of stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, I was I want to play you guys a clip, you know, because I told them that this, you know, this had hit me very hard, you know, because I myself grew up a young Jamaican man. Joked it great, you know, it was fun. It was, and then, and I, and so I was like, I wanted to play a, a moment from Kevin. I had this one clip because he was. It's called uh, uh, "Because I Lived," man. And this uh, this fella, Eric Bluth, he sent me so many clips, and this is one of the clips he sent me. Thanks, Eric. By the way, I really appreciate everything, but uh, you fucked me up on this one. Uh, so I'm like, all right, I wanted to play. Uh, the clip for you and i'm gonna try and play it on my phone into the mic right now just so you guys can have an effect of what that was so i'm just like i'm gonna this is i don't know if this is a good idea or not you know i don't know if this is gonna mess people up but i want you guys to hear from kevin and you know what he felt about his life i bet you not talk to each other for a little while pretty good at sucking a dick though oh no oh boy what did i do uh that is what uh people heard and the whole family was going crazy. I, I turned into a lobster. I turned beet red. I uh, <laughs> I was so scared. I was just like, oh, no. Uh, that's Jackie. That was Jackie. She did it. She's the filthy one. I immediately threw her under the bus. I was like, that wasn't Kevin. Just to make sure like they didn't think that their son was talking about sucking dick. It's <laughs> like, oh man! I tried to then I just tried to like just start talking. I was like, you know, because Kevin, he, you know, and I had nothing to say. I was like, listen, I know I've ruined the funeral. <laughs> I know that I fucked this up completely, and I was like, so um, I officially have the bombed harder than Kevin ever has in his whole life. And uh, I did it at his funeral. So that's for you, Kevin. Congrats. I hope you enjoyed that. And now I'm going to go back to L.A. and never see any of you people ever again. <laughs> and, and I left the stage and I went off the stall to the side. And I was like, oh, no. What the fuck did I do? All these people hate me. I'm just trying to be kind. I just like, like I didn't think I didn't do this on purpose, you know. I just tried my best, to, you know, to keep it all together. And I, uh, and then uh, one of uh, Kevin's buddy Tyler bought me a beer, and, the, and then everyone's just kind of staring off me. And there's like two more speeches, and then as soon as it was over, I just got the hell out of there. But uh, his brothers were so, they and his dad thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. A couple of uh, his other cousins and stuff or told me, it was like, I'm sure I definitely upset some people in the family, and uh, uh, rightfully so. Uh, I do not uh, hold it against anyone. Uh, so I was just like, all right. And so when we get back to town, we get back to L.A. now, and it's two days go by, and then we have the biggest blowout for Luger ever. It's on Tuesday, February twelfth. We did it at the uh, at the Echoplex in Echo Park, and it was unbelievable. 
And at the last minute, once again, they're like, Ed, can you host this? And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. All right, cool. I'll do it. No problem. And I realized that like, what am I going to, you know, I started, then I started getting in my head. I'm like, fuck, I got to host this 800 person event later. I don't do comedy. What the fuck am I going to talk about? You know, I already been talking about Kevin for me. And then I realized that this show is not a memorial. It's a celebration of life. And, you know, it was, it's, that's what it is. It was just a big old celebration. And so that's how I took it. And it was the, like, he, the lineup was nuts. Bestelli, Bobcat Goldthwaite, uh, Lil Rel, Jack Knight, Eric Andre, Henry, Jackie, me, Ben did a round table thing together. Kenny DeForest, uh, Will Miles, Nimesh, Lucas Brothers, Nick Turner. No name was there for freak's sake. The sexy sax man came out and he played some sax in honor of Kevin. And it was Rami Youssef and Quinta Brunson. And I mean, it's more people. Mike Perbigula told a beautiful story. Like he brought down the house, man, and everyone was just killing it. And I remember I went out there just pep rallying up. I was just like, "Are you ready for a celebration? Are you ready to celebrate alive?" And I just made the audience scream back. And I was just like, "I was like, we're gonna be doing this all night. When I go, y'all go, and they all did it for me. And it was so cool, man. I it, it really hit, hurt hit my heart." So well, I made them do this big Luger chant. This whenever I went out there, like like full pep rally, dude. And I was just like Luger, 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 Luger. And the audience go, I'm like, let them hear you, let them hear you in heaven. You know, just start screaming out. I was just like, and I'm like, stop, stop the chant. I was like, now as a Jewish man, chanting Luger over and over again is problematic for me. For you see, the Luger is a gun the Nazis used to kill the Jews. But today ain't about my feelings. Fuck my feelings. It's about Kevin Luger. Luger. And it was just like all that shit. It was so much fun. And I was like, you got to cry. You go cry. No one's going to stop you. I ain't going to eat your lunch for that. I'm going to eat your lunch because I'm big and don't have any impulse control. Oh, Luger, Luger. And it was just great, man. And everyone crushed. You couldn't do bad on the show. The fans were there. It was so cool. We were selling posters. I took this six-foot cutout of Kevin, and I put it in the ladies' bathroom where it belonged. And it was gorgeous. And it was beautiful. And after the show, uh, some of his friends and whatnot, they told me they, they, convinced, they told me I had to take the paper cutout. And I'm like, I don't want it. I can't have this thing in my house. I can't have a full six foot version of Kevin in my house. And so finally they talked me, they talked me into keeping it and I took it home with me and we had it, me and Julie, I uh, had it in the front seat and I had to sit in the back seat. I was worried we were going to get pulled over and uh, not because Kevin's black, because it's weird to have something weird in your car. And, uh, and we get home and I don't know what to, what to do with it. And so I, I put it on a, I had this, um, we have this like, comedians text chain going now with everybody and some of kevin's friends and jermaine and uh alana glazer and lucas and stuff it's and i'm just like and i put it i I walk first of all i walk in the door and my dog just starts going to attack it because it just sees me holding a giant dude and so it thinks like he's attacking me and so he like tries to attack we're like no no it's nice we're like petting kevin to the to my dog rambo it's like don't don't rambo it's okay and then I didn't know what to do with it. I thought it'd be funny because I have like one of those sliding glass doors that looks into a courtyard. 
And so I just put him in this in the sliding glass door. And so whenever once when people walk by, I just kept hearing, oh, just like all morning the next day as, he, as people walk by. And so he was taunting them. And I was like, all right, I got to stop. I got to move it. You know, this is too much. I'm going to get kicked out of this apartment. And so I had nowhere to put him. So I had to put him next to my TV. And so I'm just watching TV. And I was remember texting the text chain. I was like, listen, I was like, someone's got to come get this thing. I got, I was like, I put it in my window. My neighbors got scared. My dog tried to attack it. And now it's really messing up my porn game. So if you guys could just, someone could do me a favor. And Jermaine came and took it. And I think he's mailing it back to the family. And it was so, it was just, it was like the last little bit of fun. And like, like one last joke, you know, Kevin had on me. And I I loved it. Um, but this is going to be it for a bit when I meet talking about Kevin. Uh, there is a really cool GoFundMe. That, that There's two really cool GoFundMes. There's one that is GoFundMe.com slash F slash Bird Luger, which is uh, just money going to uh, Kevin's family to pay for the uh, funeral and all that. Uh, it had it had already way surpassed its goal. If you want to um, contribute to that, go ahead. But there's a new GoFundMe that I noticed today, put together by us a fan named Carla Wood, and basically uh, she wants to buy a uh, a memorial brick for Kevin at this Missouri uh, uh, this Missouri bird sanctuary. Uh, so uh, go check that out. Uh, it's a uh, it, it, it's going strong. They only need to make like another hundred dollars as of right now. So if you want to contribute to that, there'll be forever a bird Luger swag to the moon logo on a brick at a bird sanctuary in Missouri. Uh, and, and that GoFundMe is a uh, GoFundMe.com slash memorial dash brick dash for Kevin Barnett. Uh, you know, and then a whole bunch of other stuff. Just Google or go to the Facebook fan page or just Google GoFundMe, uh, uh, memorial brick for Kevin Barnett and you will find it. Uh, it's a, it's only a hundred dollars away. Go give the dollar. So you just know that you're a part of this. And it's and then next time you go to Missouri, you'll have a reason to go to this weird bird sanctuary in the middle of nowhere. But, um, I think that's it. Uh, it's, I rambled on here for 30 minutes. Uh, thank you for listening to the brighter side diaries. Uh, visit those GoFundMes. Uh, give, give to Kevin's family and just, you know, more importantly, never stop talking about the man. Uh, cause I've talked about it before and it's, uh, everyone dies twice, you know, every, you, you die when you die and then you die the last time anyone utters your name. And I think Kevin might not die twice and let's help him not. Let's cocoa the fuck out of Kevin Barnett. Put photos in your house, you know, make a shirt. I saw someone made a t-shirt, you know, go, go do all about it. And, uh, taking us out today is, uh, I'll fly away by Alison Krauss and Gillian Welsh. Uh, they sang this, uh, when they were lowering him into the ground and, uh, it was beautiful and we're all crying and whoever wasn't crying was singing this song. Uh, so I'll follow, I'll fly away. Uh, there's lots of versions of it. It's an old Christian hymn, but I like the one from Moo Brother Rothdow, Alison Krauss and Jillian Welsh. Um, be good to yourselves. Be good to your friends. Stay close and just be the best person you can be and the funniest person you can be. And 
just be cool. There's no reason for beef. I'm sure we all got beef with people. I got beef with people. You know, I wish I didn't. But Kevin never did. You know, even if he didn't like somebody, he liked them. And so if we can all learn something from him, it's just do your best to be cool. It's so much harder to not be cool. But I'll see you guys later. This has been The Brighter Side. Peace out. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.